into the contest. It is Wednesday, the 23rd of March. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host, Shane Lee, and you are Michael Keaton, for those lovers of the Mr. Mum movie where he did everything. Eh? And, and you're just extraordinary. I mean, apron on... Uniforms ironed, dinners cooked, lunches made. You're extraordinary. So far, so good. Yeah, Lorraine's just gone away for a couple of days for work. So, yes, I'm in charge, mate. Daddy daycare here. And I've already done two drives to the schools this morning. Zara had uh, a cross-country early this morning and dropped the other two to school. So, yeah, it's full on, Timmy. But um, I'll tell you what, there won't be too many rules this evening. I'll tell you that much. There's more rules when Lorraine's there. That's a surprise. (laughs) Very much so. Let's move right along, Timmy. All right. We will get the latest from the Test match, of course. Interesting days play day two, Australia versus Pakistan. All the AFL, including Mark Robinson, calls for an immediate AFL appeal. And Nathan Cleary back for the Panthers. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. Shane, look, there's something wrong with the slip cordon with the Australian cricket team. It's being questioned... Look, for years and years and years, the first slip stood in a certain spot. The second slip stood in a certain spot. Why are we mixing it up? There was a catch that would have gone straight to Steve Smith's hands last night. But because he was standing too far away from the keeper, it didn't get to hand. Yeah, well, it's really down to the wicketkeeper, mate. And the wicketkeeper sort of sets the field and where first slip goes. I just think Steve Smith has his own theories. And he's putting that, that slips cordon off quite a bit. He has done it for a while. Um, sometimes he likes them closer. But, yes, you're right, Tim. They've been too bunched up a lot of times. And then, yeah, too far out the other day. And particularly when the wicket's low and slow, you, you've got to be a little bit closer as opposed to further apart. When the ball's flying, um, say somewhere like in Perth, you can you can um, spread out a lot more and cover a lot more distance. But when it's low and slow, you've got to be a little bit tighter. It's having a huge impact, isn't it? Because there aren't a lot of opportunities to get wickets. 100%. And uh, we're seeing it once again. The Aussies uh, made their way to 393. A really good partnership between Alex Kerry, who scored 67, Cam Green, 79. Once again, um, no batter go, going on to make 100. But we lost five for 50. And uh, mm. Australia now have Pakistan one for 90 overnight. Um, and wickets are few and far between, Tim. And that's right. We need to take our catches. And uh, if you're going to create 20... Um, dismissals, you need to create at least 20 chances. Um, so you need to take all of them. Uh, otherwise, uh, yeah. you're not going to win any test matches. Oh, it's a dangerous setting at the moment. You could just sort of see them settling in and mm. scoring some big total and putting a lot of pressure on the Australians in that second innings if they bat a big total because that wicket, um, as we've heard from Casper and a few of the other commentators, it will break up a little later on. Now, what about Meg Lanning? She's just a superstar, isn't she? She is an unbelievable cricketer. She scored her um, 15th ODI 100 for Australia, her 10th chasing. 
Um, now, the Australians have just broken uh, a world record. They have won 18 consecutive run chases, successful run chases in a row, which is unbelievable. She's going from strength to strength. Um, Ash Garden took a fantastic catch, a John Dyson-like catch in the outfield. But the Aussies doing it comfortably over South Africa and uh, marching forward to the finals now. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, uh, as we expected, uh, I don't know if you call them tickets or seats for the memorial for, for Shane Warne. Um, lots of Australians want to go. I must admit, I wake up most days and I still can't believe it. I, I, and I don't think I'm in a... Uh, a small group of people. I think everyone feels the same way. Yeah, you almost expect him to show up, don't you? <laughs> um, yeah, I think the tickets are, are, are sort of going fast because I think everyone sees a little bit of Shane Warne in, in, in each of us. Um, he was a real character. Everyone wanted to be the genius that he was on a sporting field or, you know, in the limelight. But he was just a knockabout bloke and uh, he was cheeky and he, he he had a lot of stuff ups like all of us do and um, and he always owned it and, and moved on and just a lovable character. And I think that's why he's really, really resonating and that's why I think the MCG will be packed come his memorial in a few days' time. Yeah, absolutely. AFL Mark Robinson calls for an immediate AFL appeal as Willie Rioli is cleared by the tribunal. Yeah, well, it was a strange one, wasn't it? Because uh, the... the the tribunal did a total backflip there and um, and just overturned the decision. So he'll play against North Melbourne now. But, yeah, it, w- it was very clear on the day that it, um, it looked pretty bad, I thought. But, uh, yeah, there's, once again, in these tribunals, there's not much consistency and uh, we're seeing it once again in the AFL. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, the NBA, we're finally getting an answer on Ben Simmons and uh, the mystery of everything that happened with Philadelphia and so on and so forth and the amount of money that he was losing on a weekly basis. Well, the Nets currently this season, they're 37 and 34, 37 wins, 34 losses with 11 games to go. Um, A little bit of truth is now coming out about Ben Simmons and why he hasn't been playing. Um, They're not talking mental health. They're now saying it's a herniated disc. Um, and that's why he hasn't been able to be on, on, the, on the court. Um, if that is the case, I don't think he'll play this season, which will be a huge loss for them with only 11 games to go. If they're going to make the playoffs, they need to win a few more. So, um, yeah, I dare say if that's the case, if it is a disc issue, um, he may be sitting out the whole of his season. It does make you wonder. I know that there was a lot of histrionics around it, and there was obviously off-field stuff, but there might have been injury as well in those dying days at, at Philadelphia. It is, uh, yeah, it's an interesting one, that one. Look, coming up on Afternoon Sport, we're going to have all the NRL action, boxing, and much, much more. Afternoon Sport. Nathan Cleary name for the Panthers, and uh, that's a huge return, isn't it? Huge return, round three. They did say that early in the season, that they'd come around round three. They're also talking, Timmy, about making him um, put him on a life contract there at the Penrith Panthers, um, which will be you know, play out his whole playing days at the one club. And that would be a huge signing for, us, for the club, I think, in itself. And, uh, yeah, I think the Panthers look bloody good without him, and... The mind boggles how good they're going to be once he starts directing some of those big uh, engines around the paddock as well. We haven't seen a lot of COVID dramas the past few weeks with the uh, the league teams. I think most of them got it around Christmas, but Melbourne have a problem because Harry Grant, this uh, superstar Queensland hooker, is uh, is out because he's uh, he is tested positive. He has tested positive, uh, and yeah, this will be the third dummy half you have to find in three weeks. Brandon Smith being out in round one, and Harry Grant now also, and. Uh, yeah, it's just going to really, really test the depth of this Melbourne team. We know they've got depth, um, 
But these injuries are coming thick and fast, so Bellamy's going to have to be on his best game, that's for sure. Tigers got a real uphill battle, don't they, this year? They've, they've struggled. They struggled again on the weekend. And this story about a couple of players on the pokies the night before, in the old days, it was almost like if you weren't on the pokies and having a couple of schooners before the game, you probably weren't following team protocol. But things have changed enormously these days. Obviously, they, uh, they're under strict rules. And um, this has really got tongues wagging, uh, eyebrows raised. Well, let's be honest here. Have, having a, a little dabble on the pokies is not really going to affect your, your game. What, what the issue is here is mm. that the Tigers have invested so much money into not only the team but to the coach, Michael Maguire, and the surrounding support staff, and they're not winning. They're not getting any better. They got flogged again by the Knights, 26-4, to 4, didn't even look in the game. And then you know, a few of the players have just seen on the pokies the night before. It's just not a great look. I think Michael Maguire, he's seriously in the gun. If, if he loses this next round, I think they're going to start calling for, for his head. I honestly do. It's uh, I know it's only round three, and they're saying that they've got his back there at the club, but, mate, the Tigers haven't won anything since 2000, and, uh, yeah, the, the, the fans are getting really, really frustrated here, and uh, there just seems to be no sort of real discipline in that team, and it shows both on and off the field. Yeah, it was the 2000s when they last won the comp. It was 2005, mm. and that's when Tim Sheens was coaching them. Of course, Tim Sheens is back there as their head of football. If uh, Michael Maguire does go, you could imagine that he'll probably slot straight yep. back in. You couldn't say he's too old because Wayne Bennett, you know, is all set to coach the Dolphins. That could well happen um, if they continue to go the way they're going. Now, Barry Hall, big bustling Barry Hall. We saw him in the SAS. He popped a root. Now he's head-butted Sonny Bill ahead of their fight. Yeah, it's a little bit of... Um a little bit of your antics there to try and uh, sell the fight itself. I Just looking in Barry Hall's eyes, like he was a, a, a serious competitor on the football field and we all know that punch that he threw that time and just absolutely dropped that poor guy from uh, West Coast. But I just don't believe it anymore with him. I, I think w- when you retire, and, and, and I felt this too, the real competitive edge does come out of you. You spend a lot um, investing that competitive side into your game over your playing years and post-career you sort of, yeah, you, you do relax. You don't become as hard. I think that's where he is right now. And I think, you know, I'd like to think he's a tough man, and he is, but I just think Sonny Bill is going to tail him up in this fight. And Tim Zoo's on this Sunday as well? Yeah, he looks good, doesn't he? I think he's um, he's uh, he, he's a – I think he'll go down as one of our best fighters of all time, this kid. I, I really do. And I think he's got the talent. He's got the hunger. Um, and he's got the game plan as well. So uh, it'll be a big, big fight. I'll be tuning in for that one, that's for sure. Look, I think I think Football Australia has got this fine wrong. We, we, we mentioned it briefly yesterday with Graham Arnold, $25,000. And look, uh, it, the right thing is it's being donated to those affected by those terrible flu- Bloods, but I think twenty five grand for what he did is a bit over the top, to be honest. I I reckon there may be, uh, dare I say it, a couple of rules being broken by people at the t- at the moment, like mm. having seen what's happened the last couple of years. Yeah, uh, very much so. I, I don't know what do you know what Graham Arnold's paid, Tim? I I reckon he'd be paid five or six hundred off the top of my head. I, I'm not quite sure exactly what the money would be, but I reckon that's probably would be yeah somewhere in that say four fifty to six hundred range. Yeah, so so five five percent of your overall salary is, is, is a it's a big chunk, isn't it? Um, once you start taking tax out and that sort of stuff, but uh, yeah, it is a big number. Um, saying that, uh, you know, he has put the whole um, Socceroos and the um, the Australian Soccer Federation um, in the spotlight for the wrong reasons. So hence the reason why the fine's so big. Yeah, absolutely. Now um, we saw the Golden Slipper on the weekend and Fireburn. It was a great win by. Um, Brenton Avdullah. Now, Brenton Avdullah, if you don't know the story, the jockey last August had a fall 
and he really did not know if he'll ever be back. He broke uh, discs in his neck, and uh, it was in a really bad way. And he's come back on this beautiful filly, this uh, Gary Portelli filly, and won the richest two-year-old race in the world. But the other big story that's been swimming around the races, and anyone who's watching it has been observing Shelby 66, this yeah. horse, this country horse, Shane. Like Danny Williams down on his luck, had no money, had to hold 45% of Shelby 66. A few weeks ago, racing in a country race on Saturday and won the Galaxy and now he's going to put him in for the TJ Smith, which is an extraordinary race. Well, it's a $2.5 million race, Tim, and they're trying to raise, I think, $80,000. That's the entry fee for this. So um, it's it's a big one, but it's a, it's a real rags-to-riches story, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I think it's around that fifty-five grand mark because they're trying to get in late. Mm. But this is, again, against all these horses that will probably be racing uh, or contending for the Everest. So more people are saying, could Shelby 66, this little country horse from Goulburn, possibly race in the Everest in the springtime. That would be just extraordinary. Now, we've seen the Megan Barnard story uh, roll out over the past few weeks. Of course, she's a Fox presenter, Fox Sports presenter, and the comments by Tom Morris, and uh, she's gone back on the air. She did. She got back for, to commentate on the Australia versus South Africa women's cricket match and, uh, and did a fantastic job. Look, she issued a statement prior to that saying that she hoped what happened to her and her experience um, will serve as a catalyst uh, to change what's happening in the media st- industry and, and this sort of, um, you know, uh, inappropriate behaviour, both for men and women. And, um, and she hopes that, yeah, that, that'll be a catalyst for change, which is great. And uh, you know, she's a class act. And um, I'll tell you what, she's a very, very good presenter as well. Well, to wrap it up, of course, the Women's World Cup is being played in New Zealand at the moment. And uh, you toured there quite a bit. We know the great story about Michael Bevan being hit by a, a full salmon, but that wasn't the only yarn. No, so uh, on this particular tour, I think it was 2000, uh, the weird keeper was Adam Perore, and he'd been dropped from the one-day team. And I, I've been mates with Stephen Fleming, the former New Zealand captain, since we were 13. We played against each other at a very young age. And I was sitting next to Flemo in the change room, um, and I, it was at the time when New Zealand were also competing for the America's Cup. And I asked Stephen how Adam was taking being dropped from the team for the first time. And he said, mate, he's taken it really, really bad. He's turned his phone off. No, no one's been able to get in contact with him. And just as he was telling the story about how upset Adam was for being dropped, on the TV in the change room came the celebration that New Zealand had just won the America's Cup. And then... They crossed to the boat, and there's Adam Prore on the boat, sculling, sculling <laughs> champagne out of the America's Cup. I said, yeah, he looks like he's taken it to the heart. <laughs> oh, the yeah, yeah real tough, real <laughs> tough. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. Big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, our fantastic sponsors in O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves you back, Tim. And, of course, our wonderful producer, Mr. Dan McHugh. We're back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.